0: Another episode of the who Dat jedi podcast we are the who Dat jedi um with me as always is dave and fredo how are you doing guys all right Hello. and we we have we're gonna have some special guests here in a second but today is a is a special day as we're recording um it is it's dave's birthday it's dave's Yay. birthday so and there was much rejoicing well so yeah. I, i'm going to uh um throw in a surprise here and, and here we go. So, uh... Happy birthday. Let me get a pic to you. Happy birthday to you. You smell like a Wookiee and you look like one, too. Now, like Yoda... To you, happy birthday. To you, happy birthday. To you, happy birthday. To you, happy birthday. There you go. So, Woo! <laughs> there's, your, there's your birthday song for the night. Uh, so, all right you can send all royalties to whoever uh, so yeah <laughs> did you have a happy birthday
1: that was good yeah um got some new shoes and a suit and a uh zelda game so it's a, it's a fun time
2: right on
0: very cool <laughs> very cool and uh so um, yeah that's cool so uh, we won't say how old you are unless you want to divulge
1: 44 Forty-four, yeah. on.
0: No matter, no matter how many birthdays you guys have, I'll still continue to be the oldest. So, yeah.
2: Well, uh, no, I'm also forty-four. So Dave's like six months after me. So, oh. but we got some ways to go to catch up to. you. Not that much, but some.
0: Well, yeah, I, I
1: got this gray beard over here, literally, and I'm the baby of
2: the bunch.
0: Hey, you can't. Uh, mine's just short. I have tons of gray in here. Um, I got a little,
2: I got a little tougher. So, okay. Welcome to the old Jedi podcast.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I got, I got this mole. Anybody want to look at that? <laughs> it kind of looks like Darth Vader. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, we're going to have kind of a, a fun little, uh, episode tonight. Um, we're, we're going to be going over, um, actually it's going to start a, uh, I guess three episode series, right. Where we're going to go over the, um, special edition changes, Um, for each of the original trilogy movies. um, And uh, we're going to kind of play, you know, love it, hate it, meh, you know. So um, we're just going to go through, like I said, each one and just kind of discuss the changes. Some of these I didn't even know. (laughs) I didn't even notice. (laughs) But anyway, uh, but first we're going to do something very special and we're bringing back trivia champion, Olivia. So. There she is, and you want you want to sing the the song you were singing before? Oh gosh, no, no, no the uh, the not not that one, the uh, the pizza one or whatever.
3: Oh, I like that pizza, pizza. I like that pizza.
1: <laughs> that was an old SNL classic from uh, Pizza Town. So.
3: I'm Peppy Ronnie.
0: It, it sounds like it cracks her up more than about anything on the planet. So um, nah. so we're going to do a, a little extended trivia here. Um, so let's uh, get the glasses on and um, we'll warm up. We'll let uh, Fredo go first since he's well rested. Um, oh, my goodness. All right. This is, this is Bush League, but it's the first one I saw. Um, how many digits does the multi tentacle Jedi Kit Fisto have on either hand? yeah right I'm how many go with, how many digits does the multi-tentacle jedi kit fisto have on either hand
2: i'm gonna go with three is it three or four
0: you would have been wrong either way it was five So really? oh,
2: surprise
3: surprise it is
0: i am surprised you know i suppose he does he does a little force push before he does his creepy smile um yeah but then it's almost like he's got
2: the webbed hands
0: you know, that's the thing that drove me nuts, actually, about that seen that seen portion of Attack of the Clones. is like you had Jedi just doing random force pushes, like, to poses. nobody. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it kind of oh. looked like bad kung fu poses, but okay. Um, all right, Dave, the birthday boy to you. Mm. Not going to go easy on you. First one I look at. Who comes to a grinding halt in his orange and black pod a few hundred meters shy of the finish line? Who comes to a grinding halt in his orange oh. and black pod a few hundred meters shy of the finish line?
1: I think that would be Sebulba.
0: I don't think they really say that it's a hundred meters unless they're reading from the book. But yes, it was Sebulba. He's the only one with the orange and black pod. So, yeah. Olivia, did you know either one of those?
3: I did, because my brother is obsessed with Star Wars themed video games and stuff, so I've seen the characters a ton, and he's actually played what's happened in the movies, except that it has a little funny twist. And also, I've seen the creepy Kit Fisto smile. He's like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if this was a video podcast. All right, so then... Okay, well then, all right. Well, here, Olivia, we're gonna go back to digits. How many digits or fingers does Yoda have on each hand? How many fingers I'm does Yoda have on each to hand?
3: When I see Yoda in videos or the movies or anything real. That's a
0: good. That's a good strategy. I had to check to make sure I would have been right. Yeah. Fredo, how confident would you be with this?
2: uh none none whatsoever
0: no yoda yoda goes- doesn't have no digits okay olivia what's your answer what do you think
3: i'm guessing three or four
0: Ooh, one of those answers is correct gotta pick one is it three it is three and you can i don't know did you see uncle fredo like flashing anything up there no cheater cheater pumpkin eater. no yeah that is correct three so all right
3: he's just doing this
0: All right, so for me now, all right, who joins up with Leia, Lando, Chewbacca, and C-3PO as they're running to intercept Boba Fett's ship? Oh, that's just easy schmeasy. That's R2-D2. It is R2-D2. All right, so Fredo's the only one who didn't get a point there because he got the lame Kit Fisto one, right? Yep. All right. (laughs) That's correct. So, all right, Fredo, to you. What animal's ears does a newly revived Luke look strong enough to pull off according to Han's colorful expression?
2: I'm going to guess a Gundark.
0: It is a Gundark. And do you know, okay, so where, what other, this is a bonus question to make up for your point. What other movie references Gundarks?
2: Clerks 2.
0: No. What other Star Wars movie? (laughs) Uh, Which by the way, Clerks 3 just started, uh, uh, production anyway go ahead
2: uh well it's a star wars movie yeah Uh, world one
0: no episode two uh because it's funny because obi-wan and anakin are talking about you know obi-wan says when we fell in that nest of gundarks and then they actually show that in the clone wars so Mm -hmm. there you go um okay so anyway sorry you're getting the bad questions tonight
1: have we ever seen a visual representation of a gundark
0: I th- I think like I said in that Clone Wars episode, I think I think oh, they do. Okay. All right, so you did get that one right. So you're back. You're rede- You're going on the road to redemption. All right, so Dave, <laughs> who hacks the Kuhuns in half? What is a Kuhun? That's the main question. I, that's how I'm pronouncing it. K O U H U N S. Who weird. hacks the Kuhans in half?
1: I'm gonna, uh, go, with, I'm gonna go with Anakin because he
2: hacks a lot of people in half.
0: That <laughs> would that would have been that would have been my guess, real. and that's the correct answer. But what is a Kuhan?
2: Those are the two worms that uh, what's her name? Oh, those are the what? the
0: oh, those are the death so worms? supposed to kill Padme. Oh, okay. Mm. They
2: have
3: a weird
0: name. They do have a weird name, and you're right. It, the the and the meme that I sent you guys was awesome. It's like. Ray looking at the knife in Episode Nine, saying, "This knife has, you know, done terrible things." And then they show her in Episode Nine holding the Skywalker lightsaber, and they call it the Youngling Hacker Nine Thousand or something. So. <laughs> All right, Olivia. Here you go. What's the only item that keeps Chewbacca from appearing naked?
3: His um sash.
0: I'm gonna give that to her because she actually made the. It is kind of a sash, I suppose. It's technically a bandolier, held, but we're gonna give it to you.
3: It holds like things like bullets or like rocket things. I've seen it. And his of, iPhone, you know. You know. TV shows and movies and stuff.
1: Yeah, that's where he puts his iPhone and his, you know,
0: bag of gummy bears. All right, well, all right. Well, Olivia's two for two. All right. Now my question. Um, who slices off Django Fett's head with one stroke of his lightsaber? Uh. That is Mace Windu. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: Leading heavily into episode two today.
1: Wait, Fredo I- always gets the
2: short end of this. Time- <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, this
0: is not on purpose. It's not on purpose, but he's like what on this- Final Jeopardy and the rest of us are. Are you as smart as a fifth grader? Uh- You're on
2: Celebrity Jeopardy. One
3: time I saw this funny um Lego star wars thing and it was where like um Django fett and all the other bad guys hanging up inside of that balcony thingy whatever they were eating ice cream <laughs> and then mace windu jumped up there and he sliced off Django fett's head and then and then later boba fett picked up the head like
0: ah!
1: Exactly. You would be like that. (laughs) But they
3: were just eating ice cream up there. And um, Mace Wendu also had ice cream.
1: Well, a lot of people think Mace Wendu isn't uh,
2: 100% good guy. Or 100% dead. And I mean. I
3: also saw something else. It was Lego Marvel. But Nick Fury was also Mace Windu. And so, like, there's this one guy who came over and was like, Master, come trade me. And he was like, um, maybe later. And there is also one where um, one of the Avengers found his his lightsaber. And they were like, what is this? I don't what know. If,
0: what if Mace Windu is a Nick Fury variant? <laughs> We could have all sorts of crossovers. That's what Marvel did with Loki. They've just they've with all these other with all these shared actors. We could have a lot of you know multiverse things going on.
1: Star Wars filibuster.
0: Yeah. Sylvie
3: shares a name with the enchantress.
1: Well, there you go. All right.
0: Okay. One more. Let's do one more round of uh, of questions here. Um, So this goes to Fredo. What facility within the Jedi Temple was under the directorship of Jocasta Nu for 30 years?
2: That would be the Jedi Archives slash the library.
0: The Jedi Archives. Yes, yes, yes. Yep.
2: Yep. If, no. if it's not in her archives, it doesn't exist.
0: That's right, man. She was all persnickety about it, too. Yeah. Um, all right. Dave, what advice... In addition to be brave, does Shmi Skywalker give Anakin when he says goodbye?
2: Huh. Hope they don't have blasters. <laughs> it's,
0: also a, it's also a famous Boston song off their second album. Oh, what did I feel like? That's Man, their first I, album.
1: I'm drawing, a, I'm drawing a real blank here. Well, we haven't watched that movie in a while. Yeah, I think I'm gonna tap out yeah, on this. Yeah. So I don't know. Does she say, uh, "May the force be with you"?
0: Don't, look, don't back. look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. You don't can't want to take it. It's been so long since I've been away. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, now it's to <laughs> Olivia. What type of oh? That's that's mean. I started reading it though, huh? Do I need to keep yeah, going, Dave? Gotta, go, you gotta keep going. You you can help, or if you want to, but I don't know if any of us would get this. What type of creature nearly eats the Millennium Falcon whole? I know what I would say, but I don't know if that's the technical geeky answer.
3: I don't think it actually has a name.
0: Well, what would you call it?
3: I I don't know the space creature who loves to eat ships.
0: Well. Um, Yeah, what does it kind of look like
3: it was like squishy basically and it had a ton of colors like all space creatures do oh
0: what other what other kind of thing that we know like you might see i know they leave trails around your sidewalk and stuff they're all squishy scales pretty close it's like a snail or a slug. There you go. It is a space slug. Well, before he told me, I said. You oh. did? I know. I was watching. He didn't get the word out yet. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So my final question. Actually, we'll have two more questions. My Wait, question. Wait, was
1: that the technical the name? Space slug. Okay. Space slug. That's slugged. what I've always called it. So.
0: <laughs> I, th- I thought there was space a nerdier slugged. answer.
3: Leading
0: um,
2: space. Yeah. Because. Because after solo, you got multiple giant space creatures trying to eat the Millennium Falcon.
0: Oh my goodness! Okay, um, I what? Like, I want to see more space whales
3: and Star Wars.
0: <laughs> well, you might. Uh, Dave Filoni's in charge. That just might happen. Um, what pilot has the call sign Red Six during his first death during the first first Death Star battle? That is going to be the unfortunately named Porkins. Yep, Porkins. Red six, all right. So,
1: this time, right? so I'm going to ask
0: a question, and if you think you have the answer, you have to raise your hand, okay, and then we'll see which. And I'm I'm going to lay out this one. We're just going to give it to to you four, all right. So I'm going to pick one, and I'm I'm actually reading through these. Okay, how many stormtroopers board the Falcon after Han asks? Could you give us a hand with this? You just have to raise your hand if you have the answer. Fredo, Dave, Olivia.
1: Oh, Olivia raised her hand.
3: I think about two. I know it was an equal number because I I like to count stuff. And usually stormtroopers are in groups of equal numbers.
0: That's very interesting. So your answer is what?
3: Uh, I think two. I'm probably wrong because you are
0: wrong. not wrong. You are correct. You are continuing your oh, reign as the trivia champion on the <laughs> Who Dat is. Jedi podcast. So. And it's
1: the champ.
3: my dad says being observant is good, and I am observant.
0: And I've been told that I'm oblivious. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> what does oblivious mean? It's the opposite of observant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, very right, good, Olivia. Well, thank, thank you for playing you. trivia with us.
1: Thanks for joining us.
3: I win. Yes. I'm the queen of trivia. You
0: are. Well,
1: don't rub it in our faces. All right.
3: <laughs> or you might want to get back
1: at. Me. All right. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye.
0: Goodbye to everybody. Bye, everybody. All right. <laughs> Fredo, do we have any? Do we have any news this week? Anything? Uh,
2: just a couple of things. Actually, two, three things. I'll start with the easiest ones first. So. There's a new LEGO Star Wars show coming, special coming to Disney Plus. This one, you know, in the spirit of the holiday special from last year, you're getting uh, LEGO Star Wars Terrifying Tales coming in October.
0: That's awesome! I did not know that. This is uh, this is news to me. This is awesome. I didn't look at our yeah. Basically,
2: it takes place after Rise of Skywalker. So Poe and BB-8 make an emergency landing on the volcanic planet Mustafar where they meet the greedy and conniving Grabala the Hutt, who's purchased Darth Vader's castle, and is renovating it into the first all-inclusive Sith-inspired luxury hotel. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so they got to deep into the castle with Vader's lawyer servant, and he's sharing creepy stories. So, again, the idea being kind of like the holiday special is for Christmas.
0: And yeah, we're at Halloween. This is
2: going to be for uh, Halloween. Uh, it's supposed to be debuting uh, October 1st on Disney Plus. And awesome. uh, it's actually has a kind of cool little uh, uh, poster I'll try to share on our, on our um, feed. Uh, it's basically uh, a lot of red lights that are coming out of the grave. Uh, so, cool. Moving right along. Right uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito was doing uh, uh, a con and... A uh, fan got to ask him a number of questions, and he basically let slip that uh No, film. really?
0: <laughs> he let something no, slip?
2: <laughs> he was he was our our number one source last year for season two, Rumors of the Mandalorian. So unsurprisingly, uh, he says, they just finished shooting Boba Fett, and soon they'll start on season three. Now, apparently, uh, Pedro Pascal, meanwhile, is right now in Canada filming the adaptation of The Last of Us for HBO. But he, uh, uh, Giancarlo says, we never had to wait on Pedro because he wears a helmet a lot. Uh So somebody saw the fan that interview interviewing him. This is a really neat interview with this fan. He's interviewing Giancarlos Sposiro at Toscano. He says, you know, ask him, but well, wait a minute. We saw him take the helmet off at the end of season two or we're not going to see him with uh without the helmet a bit more. He says, I can't speak to that. I mean, I know he'd love to be more off the helmet, but, you know, his job is to be in the helmet. You know what I mean? That's the deal. So... So I imagine that you know they're working alongside filming. I mean, we already heard that they're doing some season three filming. Seems like he'll be brought back, and uh, at some point Pedro will join them for filming whatever he needs to film. But it's coming. Cool. Uh, last bit of news is just going to be uh, they had the Lucasfilm publishing panel uh, broadcast, virtue as part of Comic Con at home. Uh, the We Are the Republic panel basically revealing the next phase of the High Republic so I think this would be phase three of the first wave or whatever um, uh, basically the uh, January of next year they have already announced the next set of books and they're going to be uh, The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray Eye of the Storm by Charles Soule Mission to Disaster by Justina Ireland and Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Alder And they're all kind of discussing how, okay, some of them are going to be young adults. So they're going to continue uh, writing some of the comic book series that they've been writing. So basically, um, the High Republic stuff is just going to keep on trucking, coming out with more and more stuff if you're interested in it.
0: A lot of people clamoring for an animated series at some point. I wonder if that is... I know, obviously, they're trying to push reading
2: well and the other thing i mean we know that i
0: mean the comics that i've been reading it it would lend itself it'd be a very interesting um kind of neat new uh animated series but anyway
2: and then we and we know that the acolyte is coming and that one's supposed to take place at the tail end of the High republic period
0: it's not animated though right no that's yeah. a live action, live action yeah.
2: disney plus show. but i would imagine that given all the stuff that's coming next year for disney plus we might not get the acolyte till 2023 at the earliest just because i mean they're gonna have season three of mandalorian they're gonna have obi-wan kenobi they're gonna have Andor, so no three series and then yeah. hopefully sometime
0: in december a movie and people have to That's a lot yeah yeah um so uh, by the way okay so uh dave i don't know if you heard this yet uh well fredo and i went and saw black widow was that last week yes last last week week. so fredo you want to you want to tell dave what you said right after the movie was done
2: (laughs) oh so i kind of got told uh, Aaron. so is this the mcu's version of frozen (laughs) you know two sisters on a mission so i was with the the power of of, uh, sisterly love
0: I was with uh, uh, RJ, Ryan, you know, who's been on the podcast uh, the next day because we we were at a birthday party. And I told him that I said, Fredo said it was like, you know, uh, MCU's version of Frozen. And his eyes just got big as dollars. And everybody in the room just started busting laughing because it kind of is. So anyway, no. But uh, you want to give your two second, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. so I just kind of Siskel and Ebert it.
2: Yeah, no, I liked it. I liked it a great deal. I think it. I wish it would have come out right after Civil War, like it should have. I wish that uh, you know, we have gotten there because I think it would have it would have created a bit more tension for Black Widow's role in Infinity War and in Endgame, just from the standpoint of not only does she have her Avengers family to risk, but she's also got this other family that we've come to know that she's fighting for and. Uh, I just thought it was really well done. Obviously the action. Really well done. I loved the uh, Forest as Elena. She's like she's like every little sister that every big brother or big sister has ever had. Yeah, but they're um,
0: setting her up to be a baddie in the uh Hawkeye series.
2: Well, well, you know, I you know the reality is and when we mentioned this afterwards, we're like uh what's her name? Um uh Louis Dreyfus's Val now has a dark version of Captain America a dark version of uh, Black Widow. And uh, who's the other character that she's got now? Uh, well, Abomination. Oh, and with, a, oh, with Abomination, she's going to have a dark version of the Hulk. So she's slowly but surely putting together the Dark Avengers. Which will be a it's, whole lot of fun. hmm hmm It's going to be interesting, mm-hmm.
1: The one thing I was going to say, and again, this is a bit of a, this is a spoiler. I guess we're in spoiler territory here for anybody who hasn't seen it, but um, I, I thought it was a missed opportunity for them to not play up the familial angle for her um, with like a post-credit scene or something. Um, Tying that into the, the, the snap of the fingers, um, like maybe, seeing or learning off screen that she lost her entire nuclear family in the snap, you know, something along those lines that make that whole struggle a little more personal for her. Um, you're, you're
0: talking black widow.
1: Yeah. Um, just because they, the fact that they released it when they did, you know, it's like, well, okay, we can play it off infinity war. Um, but there's nothing to say that she didn't suffer those losses anyway, knowing now that she had this family. Um, so you know, like, again, I thought it would have been an effective emotional beat for them to hit. And I was just a little surprised they didn't do it.
2: Mm-hmm. I think again, well, it's one of those things that that's kind of why I keep saying, I wish it had come out after Civil War, because it gives us a lot of the background, a lot of the story that we um, were hunkering to have from Black Widow. Uh, basically ever since uh, Winter Soldier and on top of that uh, it gives her something else you know it you know it puts her in a spot where you kind of recognize where she's coming from what she's done things she's done and uh, I just I just thought it was really well done it's uh, probably in terms of like if you're gonna like rank them it's probably somewhere like in the upper tier of the movies because it works really well as its own story I mean if you just watch that movie and watch nothing else. You get the essence
0: of the character. So to, but, uh, to, to be a little contrarian here, I guess I, I don't mind when it came out because, and actually I, th- I think it makes it even a little bit more effective. Cause I think if, if you get to end game, you're, you know, and let's say, let's say the black widow came out after civil war, like you guys are talking about, you get to end game and all the things that transpire there. I think, I think the black widow movie gets lost. I think by releasing it now, you know, and you see those connections, like, man, that makes her sacrifice so much better. That makes this, you know, connection so much better. You're it. So the movie is now a little bit, you know, <clears throat> a little bit less forgetful. Um, there is
2: that but I mean, just to just to kind of go like when they' say like after Civil War, because after Civil War, you got Doctor Strange, Guardians, volume two, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, all before you got Infinity War. So you could have full well put Black Widow somewhere between Doctor Strange and Spider-Man Homecoming. And I think it would have hit just as well, it would have done just as well, Uh, probably would have done better given the dynamics of what's happening now between Scarlett Johansson and Disney and Kevin Feige. Uh, But just from the standpoint of just simply fleshing out that character, I think Uh, one of the things that maybe smartly ever since they brought Mark Ruffalo on, they haven't done another Hulk movie because they realized the Hulk works better in small doses as part of the team. Uh, And that's kind of what they did for Hawkeye and Black Widow. And this was the opportunity for them to say, no, there's more to this character we want you to see. And, you know, maybe now, you know, if we had seen uh, Yelena, now we'd be like, oh, that's right. So I don't know. It's interesting that they chose to go this way but you yeah
1: i think to your point aaron the fact that it was released when it was uh, the strength would be giving that story and end game more resonance and so for that reason that's why i said what i said which is i thought like it could have used a stinger just to reinforce that point a little bit more because i think a lot of people weren't really thinking in that direction by the end of the movie oh, that was a good movie, you know, and they walk away from it, um, but like, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, like she probably lost family members, and so when she leaps off of that rock to get the Soul Stone, um, you know, that's a little bit more of a personal sacrifice for her than than we originally
2: thought it was. Well, here's the thing. What if it had come up between Infinity yeah. War and Endgame? Kind of like a because you got End the and you got Captain Marvel that both came out in between those two. What if they have found some place to put it in there? Do you think then? Because then you would have gotten all the impact, the emotional impact for her sacrifice in Endgame, without losing any of the. I think this stuff.
0: I think I think this is, is kind of interesting. To I mean, we could have a whole podcast on Black Widow, and maybe we need to have that at some point. <laughs> but it, it really it really brings up the question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of put a halt to fredo's question here and kind of move it into star wars because now it's like what would the you know star wars was released you know four five six one two three seven eight nine you know what would be the ideal if if you were to sit down i mean we've always talked about the machete order you know and stuff like that but what would be the ideal placement release viewing order now that we have all nine movies and solo and rogue one i think that's another podcast episode that's that's an episode right there (laughs) so um
1: but i was just gonna say it reminds me of star wars uh this conversation because like one of the things that marvel's kind of had in its favor over star wars is that it's a lot easier to follow it's a little more of a linear story whereas the last few star wars movies they're jumping back and forth in the timeline and people are like like with solo, when is this set? I don't understand. Why is Darth Maul here? You know, things like that. It it um, it works against Star Wars at points. Um, but I love the idea of like just sitting down at some point and us doing
0: that, having that debate. We need to make it a video one so we can have a whiteboard behind us. But, <laughs> <clears throat> well, hey, Let's let's talk, let's talk. Keep talking about Star Wars here, and let's move on to uh our the, our main topic of the evening, which is um the special editions. Um, and I, I think I got this idea, um, I, cause I was watching, um, TNT and they had Star Wars marathon, you know, it's either Star Wars or Marvel, it seems like anymore, like on Sundays, but, um, and I was, I mean, just seeing different, um, th- some of the changes that George Lucas made, um, at the special editions and remembering some like thinking, Oh, wow, this is really cool. And some just really ticking me off. Like, especially when we get to empire. Um, but, uh, we'll get to that in our next installment. We're, so we're going to talk about a new hope. We're going to run down, uh, like I said, each of the, uh, changes this is according to Wikipedia um, but, and, and actually there were changes that he, he was kind con- the people who were mad about the special edition, he was already making changes like on the laser disc and like subs, you know, earlier kind of just, just tweaks to special effects and stuff like that. Fredo. Just,
2: just adding the episode for a <clears> new <throat> hope title.
0: Yeah. That happened. because the like, original rich.
2: Cause in 1977, you don't get that. Nope. But within a year of that, that's added automatically.
0: Good thing. The internet wasn't a thing. people would would have been mad they would have been all mad um uh that's one
1: of those urban legend things where people fight about that stuff now it's like i i swear i saw that movie where a new hope wasn't in the crawl and people argued about that stuff because there was no like no proof there was no internet for somebody to settle those debates um but now we we have a a good list of some of these changes so
0: so now some of these are going to be very kind of superficial you know um we're probably just gonna whiz by him because like oh, that happened really all right um but you know if we want to stop on whatever one just go ahead but uh, like i said i think it's kind of a we'll just I'll i'll read it off and we'll just go around the horn say nothing more but you know love it hate it or meh and then we can kind of discuss so it will just be kind of fun to go around the world. So the uh, first one, the opening crawl has been recomposed again using the original 1977 Starfield and Positions of the Moons. The Tantive IV and the Star Destroyer are recomposited again using different engine glow effects. A side effect of this is that the green laser bolts are faded and almost white. Meh.
2: Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, they talk That's about it. not any, one word, uh, Fredo. Meh.
0: <laughs> Love it. I mean, the reason I said okay, so now we can now we can be more verbose. The reason I said met is that I th- this is one is like did you know it was like I didn't guess I didn't really notice it. So
2: no, I was say I was just gonna say uh, met, but uh, the reality is this is one of those things that they had to do to the original uh, film footage that they had because it had deteriorated to a certain point that you're getting color degradation on stuff, but you know it's not the thing that you're noticing first and foremost for that.
1: The um, for me, the DVD was when I really noticed like the vibrancy of that of those engines and the color coming out and just the sound. And um, it was like it was just like reinvigorated for me, that whole sequence. And uh, and to me, that's one of the most important sequences in Star Wars. So uh, I like that they touched it up.
0: Cool. The sunset over the canyon that R2-D2 travels down has been enhanced and lengthened, and the canyon scene has been darkened. Um, I like this. That's all right. I yeah. no.
1: like it. Yeah, not lo- not quite love it, but like it.
0: You know, it, if anything, it just kind of made... Um, it, it gave some variance to Tatooine. Because, I mean, every everything was like the same amount of brightness and color and everything. So if anything, it just made it a little, I'm sure somebody is out there going to say, you know, yeah. And it made the whole scene more, you know, ominous that the jaw was, we're going to come get R2D2. I don't know, but well, maybe uh, a little bit,
1: like, honestly, like it, it they, they creep out of the shadows and it was, it's a little unsettling to see R2 get cut down so quickly. But uh, yeah, no, it's just like you said, it's a nice variance.
0: Now, um, they actually left one out of this list. I'm gonna say the thing that I noticed because uh, there, there seems to be one in between here. Um, the effects on R2 when he is shot by the Jawas is a gazillion times more vibrant. That I remember watching this in the theater with my friends in 1990, whatever it was seven, um, mm-hmm. and or 97, yeah, yeah, whatever, and it was like holy cow. We all just, I mean, that was the moment when we like notice how bright this was and that likes said, all the things around r2 um but the next one they have is a revised jawa sand crawler has the sky darkened uh, with a few scattered stars and then i'm going to combine this with the next one the shot of the sand crawler coming over the rise was reshot using the original model the new shot is longer and closer with the camera panning to follow the sand crawler so um I like the sandcrawler stuff.
1: Yeah. Love it. hmm It's good.
0: I thought, you know, again, it it, um, it it was a little less Monty Python-ish. It's only a model, you know. <laughs> Camelot. Camelot. Camelot's only a model. Look, my liege. Camelot. Camelot.
2: Camelot.
0: It's only a model. Um but I mean, in the grants, it's one of those things I, and it was also so well done that it's not one of the new effects that you notice right away. It's one, I think when it passes, you're like, was that new? I think it was new, you know? So, cause when the special editions came out, weren't we all like looking for all the new stuff? Yeah, you know, trying to figure out what was different. This was one that was like, I I remember kind of going, is that the same, you know, so that means I thought it was, it must've been a good ad then if it was, you know, unnoticeable, Um, which sounds weird. I know. Um, Okay. Well, how about the new digital mat painting of the sand crawler and extended sky were added when the Jawas are setting up shop in front of the Lars farm Artificial zooming is also present. More vap- uh, evaporators have been added, but they disappear in subsequent shots. I know Lucy, I had no idea that this is a thing. So I'm, I'm going to say meh because I didn't notice anything that they mentioned.
2: I'm going to say yay. Mostly because it's impacted how we've seen Jawas ever since. Sandcrawlers and all thing. I mean, Think of the episode with the Mandalorian with Suka, you know, all that kind of sort of I mean, stuff. the Jawas from.
0: were always there. I'm just, thought the, the no. things that they changed was like, I didn't realize that they did. But anyway.
2: No, I guess what I'm saying is they bigger, give a bigger profile to the sand crawler, how it looks, how it operates, how it tracks. You know, in the original version, it was very much a thing in the distance. It just kind of, yeah, you know, this actually feels like it's got some weight and some heft to it.
1: I was pretty mal in this one because this was never anything that I was conscious of until mm. I looked at this list, so it's like meh.
0: Yeah, However, I'm, now I'm going to go back and watch this and start counting evaporators uh, <laughs> to find the disappearing evaporators. Um, okay, so how about uh, this is probably the first big one that you probably noticed in the theater. The extended shot of the stormtrooper's search for the missing droids with additional troopers writing do A Sentinel class landing craft can be seen taking off, and new costumed stormtroopers have been added to the scene. Um, I'm going to go halfway between Love It and Meh. Um, Dave?
1: Yeah, it's in pretty similar territory. It wasn't a very big deal. It's sort of, I'd I'd say Meh.
0: Meh. Well, the reason the reason I said between love and Matt because I I like how they added the stormtroopers, but I just thought the execution was kind of bad, so I wasn't to the point where I want to say hate it because it. I mean the digital. Uh, I like the Dewbacks moving, but when you put a fake stormtrooper on top of it, it looks really fake. Even you know it's like I know the Dewback is fake, but when you put a fake stormtrooper on it, it, looks even more fake, and. You know so that was that was the thing that kind of drove me nuts on this
2: you remember the old you remember south park when they made a joke of this yeah i uh, was saying how they oh we always dreamt of putting two bags and uh set on shuttles and, and stormtroopers in our first episode now we have the technology to go back to them.
0: well i mean the thing is, is that it, uh, it it made it look like more of a deal i mean this so this this edition is a good addition. um and because otherwise it was like olivia said it's just like you know two two stormtroopers and one looks or droids you know i mean it it always seemed like if this was such a big deal what we just sent like four people down to the planet and now it looks like more more of a thing you know um and again we have to go back to what was the special editions doing it was they were playing around with technology because they had the prequels coming you know there this was all about R&D, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, this scene here, like I said, I was, I I love the addition of it. I just am falling back to meth because of the execution of some of that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, digital stormtroopers. Okay, the next one, the Lars dinner scene has a slight audio manipulation from Aunt Beru. Quote, Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He has too much of his father in him. There is a slight pause before she says father, and the word father is changed to sound more worrisome. Hate it. I, I'm going to go meh, because I didn't notice it.
2: Yeah, I didn't notice it either. I guess I'm about to go back and watch it. So you,
0: you hate it, Dave?
2: Oh, I noticed it the very first time I
1: saw it. I was oh. like, why did they change the audio on that? It sounds weird. Oh, really? like the, Yeah, there's this weird pause before she says father. He has too much of his father in him. (laughs) And I just, I don't know. It just irked me a little bit.
0: Oh, wow. Now I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look for that. Like I said, this is not, this is one I was like, this is a change. I was like, that's all in the movie. I guess I didn't notice it. That's interesting.
1: Oh, I say, hate it. You know, tongue in cheek a little bit too. Well, right.
0: Was, that's yeah. what all this is. It's not like yeah. we're over the moon with anything. We're not, yeah. you know, totally ticked off by something until yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah. No, I guess not the way you put that, yeah. I guess I, I wonder, I wonder why that didn't stick out to me. Because that's, I, I mean, that's, I'm, and I'm really hung up on it because it's like I'm the kind of person I don't have perfect pitch but it drives me bonkers when a cover band does, a, or somebody covers a song and does it in a different key. I can always tell that it's like, okay, this isn't, something's not right. You know, I don't know what key you're playing in, but it's not in the original key. That's kind of where I, so that that's an audio cue that I think like I would have picked up on, but apparently I'm, I'm back to being oblivious. So interesting. I'll be looking for that now. Hmm. Alright, so how about shots of the land speeder in motion have been enhanced to improve the shadow and make it look further off the ground? Love it.
2: Yeah, I love it. It's one of those again, it's those things that they have to go back and kinda repair it. And you realize they use Vaseline to smudge it out in yeah. the original. But you go, Okay, I'm glad that they were able to use the technology to fix some of that stuff, man.
1: Yeah, I'll say I love it.
0: Yeah, I mean this it yeah. It made it look less garbage and without making it look like 1997. You know, it was, I, that is one where I could see, yeah, that's what I originally make, wanted the land speeder to look like. We just couldn't do it. Now we can, it's fixed. Yay. So love it. All right. All you listening, keep track of these. And if you disagree with us, you know, flame us on Twitter. Um, all right, so how about the new CG shot of Ben Kenobi's hut replaces the previous shot of the landspeeder parked next to uh, next to it? Um, I wasn't wild about this.
2: I was meh. I mean, yeah, meh.
0: I'm, I'm between meh and hate it because I didn't have any problem with the way it looked in the original. You know, the the new one in the special edition looks like something out of the Clone Wars animated series.
1: I thought the new one looks sort of like Jabba's Palace to me.
0: It it, it just, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It doesn't, it doesn't fit.
2: I mean, if you're thinking a guy living out in the wilderness, hiding from people, you don't think, oh, he's going to have a little chalet atop of a beautiful desert overlook, you know.
0: Like I said, Which is what this looks like. I, I I I just think this was kind of an unnecessary change because there was nothing wrong with I don't I don't know what was wrong with what we had before. Now when we get into Mos Isley here in a few minutes, I mean there's there's things that needed to be done there. So but here I think it was just like, oh, let's just let's just do it because maybe I think the old Ben's hut now sticks out like a sore thumb given what they did in Mos Isley. So the next one here, well, I guess we're in Ben we're in Ben's hut here. So when Luke swings his father's lightsaber in Ben's hut, the effect has been redone and the blade looks greener than the more normal sky blue. Um I, I'm meh.
1: Uh, it bothers me later on, but in this scene it doesn't bother me meh.
0: Fredo, do you have a vote? Yeah, I'm kind of to...
2: I'm kind of meh about it. It, uh, you know, it's it's not put it this way. It's not the, the the effect, the lightsaber effect, that I would have fixed
0: first. Right. Thank you. We we we'll get to one later, we'll right? Get to it. Yeah. Um, you know. So here, I don't. First of all, I don't. I've never noticed it being a little bit more green. Um, maybe a little less blue. Um, and I I like the the bright blue. That was kind of the the coolness. So anyway, but just kind of meh. Um, so skeletal remains of Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen were enhanced. Didn't notice that. So I guess Uh it's a meh.
2: I'm just, yeah, I'm meh because... Loved it. You noticed it? (laughs) Yep.
0: And you're you're morbid like that?
2: (laughs) It's way more noticeable now he wants the counteraction figures of the remains yeah
0: I, 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 man I, somebody made customs of those and it I, I would love to have that carded figures of uncle owen and aunt peru and they're just they're the corpses they're just the skeletons um so so that hit you the first time you saw it dave yeah
1: yeah, yeah it, was, it was a lot more noticeable it's like goodness gracious look at that they're their bodies it used to be kind of a just like muddled mess of char that you didn't really understand what you were looking at now it's like skeletal remains
0: so you think uh, what do you think of the fan theory that Boba Fett was responsible for was it a fan theory did they do that in a comic book that he was responsible for the uh, burning of Owen and Beru we can talk about that later yeah Um, Anyway, um, so let's see here. Now um, we're getting close to Mos Eisley. The far shot of Mos Eisley spaceport shows a ship taking off from the ground. Love it.
1: Yeah, I like this shot. I love it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's all right. It makes it, I, it always like Mos Eisley spaceport. And it was just like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was like looking at some town in Iowa with, you know, at least now it looks like a spaceport you know something's flying away from it so that that was a a good a good ad um so now however this might be kind of fun to talk about Mos Eisley is bigger and busier with an extended opening showing dinosaur-like Rontos and the original speeder that would have been in the first version featuring slapstick ASP droids in front of the uh, in front of Dash Rendar's ship the Outrider um, followed by a short pause of the camera as a Jawa gets bucked from his Ronto mount. Two stormtroopers can also be seen in a far shot uh, standing watch. I really don't like any of this sequence. Except for the Ronto. Uh,
2: I like the idea of the sequence. It's kind of like you were saying. It's expanding yes. the idea of Mos Eisley being a much bigger
0: i should say that uh, i like they, i like the idea hate the execution
2: exactly and that's why i'm kind of like mad because plus they made such a big deal about it remember when the special issues came out because it was that shot of uh the speeder cutting across the ronto and the ronto bucking the Jawa off. was like on every trailer yeah that yeah. came out in 97 yeah
1: you're right they made a big deal about it it was pretty mad on it i i, I meh trending towards positive though because i did i like with you guys i like the idea um but uh
0: yeah i mean they i like the idea that making it look bigger we see shuttles Mm -hmm. taken off again it makes it, it it yeah it i like the idea i hate the way 3po looks on the back of the speeder as they're going in um i also don't it it's one of those things where it's like um I think if they should have either just had the Jawa getting knocked off the Ronto or the droid hitting the, the probe droid on the head, they should have kept one joke joke and not done both. It, it kind of seemed to turn into blazing saddles there for a minute. I don't know. Um, I
1: did not know the dash Rendar trivia though.
0: Well, I, I think this is in act. I'm going to have to look, I know dash Rendar's ship and maybe they talk about it here in a little bit. Uh, it takes off. Um, like if you look right now on the, if you're looking on the Wikipedia page, that ship that's in the sky above Mos Eisley, that's Dash Rendar's ship, the the Outrider. Um, so I don't think it's, I don't think the Outrider is on the ground like it says here in Wikipedia. We'll have to check. Um so going on, due to color timing errors, a pink glow was apparent in many of the new Tatooine scenes, including the extended entry into Mos Eisley. Um, this is this was not an intended change, but I have noticed this. It looks weird in some places around buildings and such.
1: When I say Mac because I never noticed.
0: So i'm not saying i I love it i'm just this is kind of one of those things i don't think it's a love hate thing it's just you know and it's one of those things i can't believe after they're you're trying to add all these things and make things look better why would you let something that makes it look crappier slip through
2: yeah that's what i'm gonna go with hated not because i've necessarily noticed it but this is probably the difficulty with what they did here because they were basically superimposing cgi sets costumes characters onto a scene that had already been filmed with a real background with real sense yeah. with real characters so the juxtaposition of what was filmed in 1976 and what was digitally superimposed in 1996 is very stark
0: so uh we can kind of hustle through uh, some more of these things here uh the dewback standing outside the cantina is animated when the stormtroopers arrive one is shown dismounting them with c-3po says i don't like the look of this um this is a uh, um, uh, love the idea hate the execution from me
2: meh. i like that i like the little dupe kind of like you know you know making a sound at r2 as it passes by like, but but
0: here's it? my problem the the one with the stormtrooper dismounting you never see it unless you're mm-hmm. watching it in the theater or you're watching it in a letterbox format something if you're watching it um like on tv you're not seeing that stormtrooper because it's cut off was
1: there a do in the scene where um, uh, you don't need to see their identification? Um, no. Because I feel yeah. like there was a do added in front.
2: Yeah, they put one in front uh, uh, when, right know. before they... Yeah, When, uh, when they, they actually pull in, up. It wasn't a do it was a Ronto. I think, that crosses in front of the camera. Yeah. It crosses yeah. in front of the camera before the two stormtroopers uh, pull... Luke and Obi-Wan I felt like that or... was an addition as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, the Mark IV Sentry Droid has been digitally added to most scenes with Imperial Stormtroopers on Tatooine. So a little probe droid thing. Yeah, it was I'm, floating around. I'm, I'm just kind of meh. It was yeah. it was unnecessary. It, it doesn't bother me.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with hated just because it's the kind of thing that calls attention to itself. Whereas I never, ever questioned, well, why don't they have more technology out there? I'm just like, it's the Empire. This is the butt end of the universe. Yeah. Of course, they're gonna send, They're not going to send out all this technology out there. They're just going to send more stormtroopers. I'll just say, meh. Yeah.
0: New aliens are seen in the cantina, replacing the Wolfman characters in two shots, uh, though the Duffel still appears in the cantina. Although these new characters look different from each other, they are actually both portrayed by the same mask. The mask was turned around backwards for the second creature. Um, most I have of the no crea- idea what this is. <laughs> most, I'm, I'm just gonna say, most of the creature changes in the cantina. I did not like.
2: Yeah, I didn't like it either. Again, they call attention to themselves. It's way too obvious. It's funny. Like I never had a problem with the Wolfman, and you know, it's it's when they're. Uh, showing you the wolf man and they're showing you the power all these other aliens that do with the horns it's like again it's a cantina it looks gnarly that's what it's supposed to look like
1: yeah uh meh it's just no, nothing i've ever really noticed
0: so han's last line to Greedo, yes i bet you have was edited to a calmer i'll bet you have
1: we're gonna lump this in with the next one. And with
0: the next one, Greedo now fires and inaccurately aims. So Greedo shoots first. Um, yeah, I I don't like any of this. I hate it.
2: It redraws the concept of Han Solo when we meet him. And can and we and can we it's... add
0: McClunky? No, McClunky isn't part of the special editions. That's just part of the Disney Plus release. Anyway,
1: I'll I'll put a McClunky on the podcast. McClunky, but uh. You know, I'll surprise you and say, meh. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It's never bothered me.
0: What, Greedo shooting first?
1: Yeah, doesn't bother me.
0: Uh, it bothered me. Yeah, it bothered me, too. Yeah, so um, a CGI version of Jabba the Hutt confronts Han Solo in the Millennium Falcon's launch bay, replacing the human actor. Um, and we also get to see, like, Boba Fett. Um, this whole Looking thing, at the camera. yeah, this whole thing, um, bothers me. Um, I like, it was kind of cool because there was always, again, that you always knew that Jabba was in the movie, but the problem is that it's a, it's like the exact same dialogue from his conversation with Greedo. So it's absolutely unnecessary. And I love it. And it, and, and I think the execution was bad as well. Um, the
2: stepping over the tail yeah no, well. i love that i love
1: that and i love uh the original hut looked terrible but when they redid it, the fat
0: scottish guy yeah no <laughs> oh wait a minute no okay the original <laughs> job of the hut yeah now you can't
1: seven the 97 version was terrible but okay, okay that's what that's, that's what
0: this one is that's what we're talking about here the special edition fixes talking
1: so about the eventual changes though that are present in the current version of the film or are we only talking about i think i
0: I, I, well um no we're talking about the in like 97 because when we get to empire Uh, i'm gonna pitch a holy living the thing i'll go
1: i'll go go down to math because of the original java being kind of off what about quite right it looked like the phantom menace yoda puppet
0: yeah, it look, It was just a bad Java. You're right. It
1: was not a good Jabba, but bad then they Java. redid the Jabba and now I like the scene.
0: What do you think about uh, Boba Fett being there and Boba Fett breaking the fourth wall?
1: <laughs> I like all of that.
0: I, I like, I kind of like Boba Fett being there. I think it's kind of cool. Um, Him doing the stop and look at the camera though, I mean... Yeah, I agree, Lucy. <laughs>
1: Lucy agrees again
0: all right so let's see here um, Hustling along uh the new most likely scene of the Falcon taking off with troopers firing on it the angle of the falcon flying has been adjusted I love this love it it's just mm-hmm. yeah it's just much better um a large praxis effect shockwaves from the destruction of Alderaan and the Death Star have been added the Alderaan's explosion itself is redone um, I love this.
2: Yeah, I I like the idea of it. You know, you know. Again, you're getting a full explosion of a planet, so it has to have some have some weight. So I dug it.
0: Dave's going to disagree with us. If you could see us, kind of,
1: kind of hated it. Um, it was an improvement, but not enough of an improvement. Just the fact I love that they called it the Praxis effect here because it's like. because that was done really well in star trek six where like a planet exploded and you felt the planet exploding um that's an example of that just like being like nailed and then this just they built it up a little bit but it, it wasn't enough for me
0: all right so how about um the Death Star docking bay is revised to be more consistent with the one seeing Return of the Jedi, most notably in the overhead shot of the Millennium Falcon was landed. Um, I didn't really notice this.
1: Yeah, didn't notice it, so meh. Yeah, meh. Yeah, well.
0: All right, well, the flashes of blaster impacts on the Imperial officer's chest were censored in all but one shot. I didn't notice this either
2: because I didn't notice either. Yep, so, didn't so,
0: notice. So no. when they shoot when they shoot stormtroopers, they don't have the mark on their chest, is that what it is? So I mean, nobody gets shot, is that what we're talking about? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, when they're shooting them up and the like the fire coming off of their chest and stuff like that. Um like in the um uh, in the prison. Yeah, okay. I I didn't notice that, but that's interesting. Um C3PO's line where he describes the tractor beam's power system is put back in. Hate it. And this goes to Dave's like Aunt Baru thing. <laughs> because the tone of his voice is completely different. It's like if I'm talking like this and also not talking like this and blah, 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 blah. The, the timbre changes, the rhythm changes, the I mean everything, it's it's an obvious punch-in edit that just doesn't work.
1: I'll just say meh on this
2: one. This is one meh that didn't bother me. Meh, because I never noticed it. Oh,
0: well, listen to it. It's, like I said, it is a... It, it, it's like if, you know, you're listening to a Van Halen song with David Lee Roth, and all of a sudden, you know, um, Sammy Hagar sings like one line, and then we're back to David Lee Roth. It just stands out. Um... When Han Solo and Chewbacca are chasing a squad of stormtroopers on the Death Star, instead of running into a dead end with more stormtroopers, a pair end up in a hangar bay. Seemingly hundreds of stormtroopers officers, laser fire increased, blah, 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 blah. Um, this is one of those things where I like the idea the execution may have not reached where it needed to be.
2: Because you can totally tell that they're, you know, Control-V, Control-V copies of the same two, three stormtroopers.
0: Yeah.
1: I loved it. Um, I can tell now that it it could use some work. It could use some updating. Uh, But when I first saw it, I loved it. Absolutely.
0: I mean, I'm the same way. But but it is one of those things where it's like, because our gut reaction was like, this is awesome. But then you like see it and it's like, okay, it could have been a little bit better. Um, Okay, so Close the Blast Doors is put back in uh, the scene where Han and Chewbacca jump through the doors as they close. I didn't know this was put back into thought it was just a straight up ad because you know they always run up and go open the blast doors open the blast doors and i thought Mm -hmm. they just added in to make it a little kind of a funny joke and i loved it so
1: yeah i i love that line in that uh spot in the film and i just never knew that they had taken it out so
0: Okay, so um, so we skipped one. I think that uh, Fredo, it's not in this list here. It well, it, It's one that should have been. They didn't fix Ben Kenobi's lightsaber. Yeah. That, when he's
2: in the duel with Darth Vader when he's... Yeah, it's uh, fizzling out. Carrying, yeah. yeah.
0: That has annoyed it's me to effect. no end.
2: My thing is, okay, you're going to fix all this stuff and you add all this extra shots and effects. Why not fix that one?
0: Right. Thank you. I thought that that was us. a. Um,
1: I was I figured that was an intentional thing, like a story thing.
0: Uh, no, people made that up. They may they said it was because it shows that Obi wans powers are weakening. No, it's bad special. I and mean, that was that's that was when retconning started. Well, there's literally <laughs> a
1: scene where it's like like sparking and. Yeah, because
0: crap. it's just it was just bad special effects. I mean, because the yeah, way I they did they it was true. just you know reflective tape and like you know. It, it's, it's,
1: <laughs> Are you telling me that yeah. Alec Guinness had a fire hazard on the set of a new <laughs> house? like sparks light. off and, and like the thing was on fire in his hands? Basically.
0: <laughs> so a digital version of the shot of the Millennium Falcon flying to- below the planet Yavin towards Yavin 4. Um, I love this. Uh, I love, I thought it looked a lot better.
2: Yeah, again, it's yeah, a, a lot of, I mean, I hate to say it, but in some ways, the special editions became the takeoff and landing special editions. Yeah. There's a lot of shots I had added to add just for the sake of showing. Oh, cool. We could put this, the Millennium Falcon, arriving at a planet or taking off from a planet.
0: Well, anytime you can make it look a little less like a model, like I said, the, the yeah. Monty Python thing. Um, scene between Luke Skywalker and Biggs Darklighter just before the Battle of Yavin. A pilot has been digitally inserted walking past the camera at one point to mask a deleted line by red leader in which he indicates that he knew Luke's father. Um, so this scene with Biggs and Luke. I liked it. That was fine.
2: I like it because it, it, if nothing else, it explains some of the stuff. Cause remember uh, there's this whole subplot about Biggs going to join the rebellion at the start of the movie. That when day the movie it all went away? You know.
0: But, um, I agree with you. I agree with you, except for that in 1977 when I was four years old and subsequently watching this until 1997 when this all came out. I was never bothered by it. I got that he he talked about Biggs earlier. Okay, now we're talking to Biggs when he's flying. Okay, I get it. Didn't need all this big stuff. Don't mind it being in there. I agree with you, but if so that's why I'm just kind of, like yeah, it's fine.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty mad on it. I think it's it, it's a little overdone. It's like you you it'll be like just like old times. I'm like, "Oh, he's dying."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <No>, he's dead.
2: Well, <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, tell me who he is. He could have also said, uh, "This is my last flight before I retire." Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Or or when, like when Dax says, you know, I can feel I can take on the whole empire on my own. All right. Well, he's like, dead. will like,
2: we'll make it. We'll not make it. Put a big old sign on it. <laughs>
0: All right. To Fredo's point, new CG shots of X-Wings and Y-Wings taking off from Yavin 4 instead of the little white dots. I love it. That one I didn't mind.
2: I, I, yeah, again, I like it. the idea of seeing them, but not every every other place. Loved it.
0: New additional and revised dog fighting and attack run scenes during the battle of the death star. Love it. Love it. Kind of love it. Some, some places it gets a little bit like, you know, you can tell it's like 1977, 1997, 1977, 1997, you know, is mm-hmm. but overall good, good, uh, good choices. Um, Let's see here. After red leaders, unsuccessful trench run, the line he's on your tail was added to the film. I'm going to go, meh. I didn't notice this.
2: No, never did. Yeah,
0: no. so, meh. 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 All right. So, the shot of the Rebel fighters flying to the Death Star and away from the Death Star has been revised. Yeah, I dug that's that.
2: We, that's what we've seen from Family Guy.
0: Yeah. Red red, red button standing by. <laughs>
2: Rock tour standing by. <laughs> Love it.
1: Um hmm that was actually that did give a little bit of a sense of scope unlike the Alderon thing to me which was just all just a static planet that you couldn't really tell anything was actually happening to it um this the camera angle kind of like swooped like at an angle mm-hmm. as, as these the ship came in and came out uh, yeah it was really cool
0: um some garbage map boxes around starships in space were removed while others still remained um, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say, meh, because I did notice, you know, that some things looked better. I didn't, you know, but if if it's the fact that some of them still remained, and again, if you're going to clean this up, then do your, you know, let's maybe not add so many do backs and let's, you know, clean some crud <laughs> up, you know. But I say, meh.
1: Anytime you get rid of those matte boxes, I'm in favor of it. So <laughs> I'll say, love it.
2: I got meh because I never noticed it.
0: Several explosions were recomposited to remove black borders and other artifacts. Um, well, since there should not be explosions in space, uh, no, <laughs> um, no, I, I dug this, you know, cause you know, s- you know, some of the explosions, although was never totally bothered by the explosions before, but it, it looked like
1: 1977. So, I'd um. mm-hmm. say, meh. So some of these are obvious and some of them aren't. And,
0: so how about when the death star explodes a new digital explosion was added I, it. I I like this one because when the death star blew up when the death star blew up before it was like a balloon popping with confetti in it it was like <laughs> it's like all right you know now there's again when you talk about scope there's some depth to this now i mean when you have that ring coming out and stuff like that so i i kind of dug this one
2: I guess the reason I don't like it as much is merely because I got the Death Star explosion in my head synced up to John Williams's music. And the explosion works with the music perfectly. So that's, fair. that's all it is. Cool. You know, they added they added the little ring of oh the the,
0: the... ring of fire. The Ring of Fire, I in fell into a burning ring of fire. That's what I'll they should be. I say leave. Matt
1: on this because it's a vast improvement, but like the one that I always really liked and thought was effective was Death Star 2. Like that's a good explosion to me. Yeah. Watching that effect play out. And so, like, to me, like, if they had kind of tried to
0: emulate create that? something
1: more alike to that, I would have liked that.
0: During the victory celebration, as Luke Khan and Chewbacca enter the assembly hall, Rebel soldiers standing on the sides were a matte painting in the original, and they are now replaced with actors composited in. Love this.
1: Yeah, yeah, I dated to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, anytime that you make it look less like the cardboard kid and three men and a baby, then you know, it's, it's all pretty good.
2: <laughs> this, this is when they should have CGI composited uh, Chewie's metal.
0: Yeah. yeah right um james earl jones was added to the credits as the voice of darth vader
2: i didn't know he wasn't I, in the original
0: i guess credit. i didn't pay attention i you know at that point so
2: yeah. i i'm
1: um, yeah i'm I for didn't it know. yeah yeah i'm all for it yeah i didn't know that he wasn't in there originally so yeah put him in there
0: So here's one thing where I take issue Luke's theme, they have in quote Luke's theme is uh, partially repeated in the ending credits music to allow time for the added special edition release credits. So are they talking about the force theme? Um, I mean, yeah, anyway,
1: there's a little, yeah, there's a little section of the title and title credits that they play. They play the, the piece of music twice um because like they said the the special edition credits are longer um and it's it's noticeable to me but it, again it didn't really bother me because i understood why they did it they had to do it
0: so. yeah um and finally in addition many of the wipes were digitally recompositive to improve quality yeah i'm fine Meh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah um I think I think the one, it's interesting, like I said, I think, I think the most controversial shots were the ones around Mos Eisley, but Mos Eisley was always bothered George. He didn't think the cantina was representative of what he had in his head. He always thought Mos Eisley looked a little too sparse. Um, so that that was where he wanted to put all the stuff, and it shows. But again, it's like they should have freed up somebody's time to fix Ben's lightsaber, um, you know, they should have, you know, pay attention to some more of the map boxes and things like that. Um, you know, and then it's kind of funny. It'd be interesting to have somebody on ILM who worked on this, listen to us go, oh, I didn't notice that. And what would their reaction be? It's like, it's like, dang it, man. I spent like three weeks doing this one <laughs> thing. And you guys say you didn't notice it. You know what I mean? So it's like, was it worth the time and the tech debt to to do this thing?
1: Well, like you said, it was a dry run, right, for yeah. the special or for the uh, prequels. Um, so this is the reason that you do it. You make a little bit of money with the re-release in the theater, uh, so it justifies the expense on the front end, uh, and then you um, you learn some of these technologies better, so that you can actually apply them to a feature film and uh and i i thought it was smart because of that like phantom menace is a beautiful movie um regardless of what we think about some of its weaknesses um it's gorgeous uh so they ironed out a lot of the kinks and i think for that like i'm glad that some of these changes are in here but i know some of them just they're just not as effective and it'd be better if they hadn't done them
2: but, but in some ways, I, I think you hit kind of the bigger point is this was sort of the dry run after seeing stuff like Terminator 2 and Jurassic Park in the early to mid-90s. George kind of got the idea, well, technology's finally caught up with me. Let me see if I can do it. And so this was a good way to kind of save a lot of that old film stock that it was deteriorating while also getting closer to his vision. But don't leave it at that. But I think, yeah, and you could actually tell even from '97, with the special editions come out, to '99, how much of a leap the effects have done because they started to look cleaner and better and more seamless. And then from '99 to say 2005 with Episode Three, a lot of the stuff now, you know, just came a lot easier. You know, it was a lot harder to find the spot where the CGI ended and the live action began.
0: So I want to see special edition episode two where they replace or, and actually episode one where they replace all the battle droids with Boston dynamic actual robots because the technology is there. Seriously, with those Boston dynamic stuff, all you need is to give it a gun and you've got battle droids. So, So,
2: okay. So
1: do not give those Robots, guns, please. You don't, don't
0: you think, don't think they're already doing that? You only see what they want you to see. Anyway.
2: So, okay. So, just kind of a question Do you think we, there'll be at some point we'll see the prequel trilogy special edition? Or do you think because it's no longer in George's hands that this is just going to be like, no, nah, whatever. We're not going to do that?
0: No, I don't think so. I think it's, it is what it is. So,
2: yeah, I kind of
1: think the ship has sailed there.
0: Okay. i think i think he he had the money just to, to make the movies the exact way that he wanted uh, you know he didn't have the money in you know 1977 um so these it's, these... it's
1: a different world too the, just to say briefly like
0: right now they're they've got all these
1: television properties which mm-hmm. they can use as their proving ground, as we've seen with like the volume and and some of these newer technologies. They can, they can, they can try this stuff out on TV. There's lower risk and have the than technology.
0: That. We can make him better.
1: And then, and then yeah, you do the you do it that way, and you you learn from it and grow, and then you can eventually apply it to future films. So, so
0: so here's the thing again. You know, it's like I I, I was in a band that we recorded three CDs. And, I mean, it's like we had you – know, and some of that stuff is like is recorded forever. And it's like, oh, man. And we've even had the conversations like if we could go back and fix that one song. Because maybe I sang a word, you know, a little off pitch or something. Like that. if you can go back and fix – but there's, there's part of also being an artist that it's like I've created this and that's what it is. We're going to hang it on the wall and – you know, good, bad, or indifferent, that's what I created on this day, you know, blah, blah, blah. And no other artist really goes, you know, it's not like, it's not like Da Vinci went back and said, you know, I got to make that Mona Lisa better, you know, and started hacking. It's just, it was done. Um,
1: I think that's fair. That's a fair thing to to bring up um, because we were Fairly um, tame in our critiques of, of, of just the decision to do this in the first place. Um, I tend to believe that the the artist has the ownership of it and can revisit it pretty much at any point if they still own it. Um, now he doesn't own it anymore, and now he can't. Um, but but... You know what?
0: It's it's very important. I mean, it's it's very important also because people are having fans are having not too unserious conversations about we need to go back and redo the sequels
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know and it's kind of like i'm sorry you don't like those three van halen albums but that's that's what they are you know i mean that's what it is and you know it's mm-hmm. or it's like you know if you love u2's catalog for example it's like you got what you got joshua tree and then what, what do you got up next is you know, it's like they, they do a hard left and some, I mean, it's like, some people really like it. Some people are like, what the hell are they doing here? But good, bad, or indifferent, you know, it's like, that's what was released by you two in that year, you know? So, um, I think it's, I agree with you, Dave, that, I mean, bands, artists, whatever they can go back and it's like, I'm going to keep tinkering with this. Their stuff, but I think also as an artist, most artists are like, it is what it is, I'm on to other stuff. So,
2: now, now we'll make a bring up an example that actually I was watching a video recently uh, talking about the Lord of the Rings, J.R. Tolkien, and they made mention how if you go back and read the original version of The Hobbit back in 1937 when it first released, the scene that plays out between Gollum and Bilbo, where they're having the riddles in the dark. Uh, Place a lot less threatening and dangerous and in the original version and Gollum actually gives the little ring to Bilbo. J.R. Tolkien at that time was like, look, I'm writing a little fantasy adventure for my kids. It doesn't matter. I don't want to make it too scary. When he goes back and writes The Fellowship of the Ring before that comes out, he actually had to go back and re-edit that scene, make it far darker, more sinister, make it more like Gollum lost the ring and Bilbo found it. So everybody who thinks that George Lucas invented going back and trying to you know Redconning. make his old story, yeah, retcon his old story to fit his current one, that's an old trick. That's something that other creators have had to do because the story changes as they go along. You know, something that they thought was trivial one point in time comes back and becomes a bigger point, And now you have to go back and kind of make it fit because <laughs> otherwise people are going to go, no, it don't work like that.
0: So next week we'll talk about Empire Strikes Back and it'll probably be far more controversial. We might get a little bit more heated because th- those are some real, those are a lot more noticeable changes in that one. Um, and we'll be- in Preview, I don't, like, I
2: don't like the windows in, my, in, uh, in Cloud City. So, That's my uh, one big
0: thing. Anyway, so there you go. Get a little preview of, of next week. Um, but once again, happy birthday to Dave. And happy um, happy
2: birthday.
0: Yeah, be careful. We don't want to have to, you know, did you know, by the way, this, that the reason why like restaurants do their own little happy birthday songs is because the happy birthday song that everybody sings at everybody's birthday party, um, that's actually copywritten. And so if you are at a restaurant and paying for a meal and the workers come out and sing that happy birthday song, that is technically a paid performance. And so they would be in breach of copyright law. And I want to think that Paul McCartney owned the "Happy Birthday" song rights. It might have gone to Michael Jackson. You're going to have to fact check me on that one, Fredo's. Clicking I am around.
2: fact checking you right now. So apparently, it says the music and lyrics are in public domain in the EU and the US. The copyright expired in the European Union in two January
0: 2017.
2: Okay. Uh, dates to the late 19th century with resistors, Patty and Mildred Hill introduced the song in Kentucky. The Summy Company, publisher of Good Morning to All, copyrighted piano arrangements and the second verse, and this served as a legal claim for registering the copyright. They became the Summy Birchard Company and the Street Group Limited, which was then acquired by Warner Chapel Music. In 2008, Warner collected about $5,000 per day in royalties for the song.
0: Yeah. So, So that's, uh yeah. So there you go. Anyway, so don't sing that song but i guess it's in public domain now so sing it all you want Mm -hmm. um cool well with that we will say who dat who dat who dat (laughs) and everybody have a great week uh we'll see you on the flip side